0: Today, we are going to talk about hair and how we can improve the quality of our hair and what we can do if we are noticing that our hair is starting to fall out. Now, this is a really big topic for women. Of course, our hair is often just like our crown, right? So when we see our hair falling out, whether it's in clumps or chunks or whether we're seeing just you know, we're clogging up the shower drain. This is a really big topic for women. And it comes up enough that I wanted to do a geeky magic on all the different types of hair loss, how the hair growth cycle actually works. And then of course, what we can do. So I'm going to be focusing today on more natural proxies for helping to improve the quality of our hair via diet, via supplementation, and from some natural solutions in there as well. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, head over to beamminerals.com and use the code better for 20% off. All right. So, let's talk a little bit about hormonal hair loss because this is a really big deal and there's a there's a couple of different types of hormonal hair loss. The one that is probably the most common is from excess androgens. So hormonal hair loss that is due to excess dihydrotestosterone or DHT is referred to as androgenic alopecia because of this predominance of this super testosterone. So Testosterone can be converted into DHT, which is a derivative of testosterone, and DHT will bind to androgen receptors in the hair follicle, which can lead to a shrinking of the susceptible follicles, um, miniaturization of the hair itself, and it basically makes it impossible for the hair to survive. So we see this in men um, as well, men with excess DHT. We, we've heard of male pattern baldness, and this is typically, we will see thinning of the hair at the scalp, uh, the temple area, and then usually there's kind of a spot on the top of the head, sort of, you know... Uh, two thirds, let's say towards the back where we will see men typically will lose hair. And there's also female pattern baldness as well. So my ladies with PCOS, excess androgens, Uh, or a, you know, if you know your genetic makeup and you have a proclivity towards your testosterone being um, transmutated into DHT, you will have what's known as female pattern baldness. So again, overall thinning of the hair, but particularly at the temples. Um, And we often see this with extreme uh, or severe PCOS as well. So, there are other types of hormonal uh, hair loss. So they can be um, thyroid due to um, your thyroid or hypothyroid or, you know, Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. Another very common time in a female's life for hair loss will be in menopause. And we'll talk about the decreasing estrogens and how that can impact menopausal hair. And then, of course, there is stress hair loss. This is one of the well-known um, cascades, right? Stress will trigger a cascade of hormones, and chronic low-grade or even acute stress is uh, associated not only with a number of you know negative health effects, but also. Um, Neurohormones, neurotransmitters, cytokines that are released during the stress response can negatively influence the hair cycle. It can disrupt hair growth. And of course, um, having, you know, stress management techniques, which we'll talk about today and certain dietary supplements, we can address those to help with that stress hair loss. Um, other reasons why you may be losing your hair um, obvious uh, reasons might be chemotherapy so we know that one of the um, one of the side effects of chemotherapy is that uh, hair often falls out this is when we are taking uh, cancer therapy it is unfortunately not specific yet to just the cancer cell it basically kills everything including your hair um, poor nutrition specifically low protein So if you are consuming a low protein diet for, uh, you know, if you've been, Someone who has struggled to get her protein uh, levels up, perhaps. I see this uh, in some cases with um, uh, women who have been vegan for many years where they have been having things like rice protein or soy proteins or pea proteins, you know, maybe in the form of powders or they're getting it from their tofu or their tempeh, etc. But it's not necessarily enough for their individual needs. We may also see some hair loss um, in that respect as well. So lots of reasons why we can lose our hair, right? And all of these things tend to get worse, unfortunately, as we age. We tend to be, our thyroid as we age tends to lower in its, in its functioning. Uh, of course, menopause, we have a decline in estrogen. And estrogen, we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, but as a review, estrogen is an anabolic hormone. It promotes growth. So for example, it will it will help prevent uh bone loss. It will help uh you know, in excess when we have too much estrogen, of course, we can see proliferative effects in the breast. Um and for women in menopause, we see a decline in all sex hormones including her estrogens and that natural reduction in estrogen levels um potentially an excess level of DHT as well um, can lead to sort of that double whammy um, for my menopausal ladies. So a couple things to, a couple things to be aware of in terms of different parameters in our lives, especially for my ladies who are in perimenopause, you know, this is the time where we want to start not only thinking about our metabolism, our body composition, these are really important for driving healthy um, uh, healthy outcomes, but from a you know from a vanity perspective, and I think that a lot of people are afraid to talk about vanity, we always want to talk about well i'm going to boost my metabolism, and it's like, well, I also want to have great hair, and that's okay too it's okay to have a goal like I wanna look good, I wanna really feel good, I wanna like when I look in the mirror, I wanna like what I see. So we are taking the gloves off, we're not pretending in this podcast, we're gonna talk about how to have uh, luscious, gorgeous hair as much as possible. And before we do that, I just want to go over the hair growth cycle. I think this is important for us to understand so that when we're thinking about what are some of the areas in our lives where we can attenuate and reduce some of our sources of stress, we can understand this in the context of the hair growth cycle. So there's four distinct stages to hair growth. We have antigen, the antigen phase phase the catagen phase, the telogen phase, and the exogen phase. So we'll go over each of these in turn, and I'll give you a little bit of a mnemonic um, or a way of remembering what each of them mean. So let's start with anagen. So your antigen, so when we, even just thinking about, and let me just do a little word nerd um, stuff here for you. So the prefix ana, A-N-A, means up, or, you know, when we look at the etiology of words like anabolic, anatomy, anaphylaxis, these mean upward, they mean repetitive, excessive. So anabolic literally means hair, Uh, or pardon me, when we see antigen, it is literally hair up, right? So think about your hair sprouting up from your scalp and your hair in the antigen, um, Phase will grow around half an inch a month, right? So for most people that equates to about six inches a year. And of course, in the summertime, it grows faster than it does in the winter. And the growth phase, so that antigen phase, lasts an average of three to five years, right? So this is why we see, you know, when we look at three-year-old, five-year-old girls, they have that really long, beautiful, if their parents don't cut their hair, you know, they have this like, you know, 18 to 30 inch long hair, right? Um, generally when we look across cultures, um, the antigen phase is typically longer in people of Asian descent. And in that cohort, we can see hair growth lasting as much as seven years. Um, meaning that you may be able to grow your hair up to like three feet in length. And this is something that I've always admired, um, in my, my Asian sisters is that just luscious, thick, shiny hair. It is just something to, um, to behold. So that's antigens. Think of anabolic, think of growth, right? Or up, right? Like the hair sprouting up. That's the, fir- that's the main phase of uh, the hair cycle. Then we move into the catagen phase. So this is this comes at the end of the anagen phase. Um, and again, when we look at the um, prefix C-A-T-A, kata, this means, you know, when we look at our, you know, word etymology, it means down. It's the opposite of ana. Ana means up, kata means down. So think of words like catacomb or Catakinesis, which is a a state where energy is, is slower or down or catatonia, right? So catatonia, we, this is a neurological disorder where we will see, uh, sometimes it's classified as a mental disorder, but we can also look at this in terms of a nervous system disorder where we are seeing very lowered neural tone or even just the word catabolic, right? So when we are breaking things down, And this is a kind of a shorter phase. So, you know, when we think about the antigen phase, this can last like three to five years. The catagen phase is around 10 days. It's really short. Um, And then, of course, this is where sort of nothing is really happening. So the hair is no longer sprouting. It's just kind of hanging out. And then we move into the telogen phase. So this is a resting period and the hair can rest in the telogen phase around three months. Um, this, you know, the, the strands are still in their follicles, but they're not actively growing. Okay. And again, when we look at the prefix Tel or telo. It means end, uh, it means extremity completion. Um, it's, it's from the Greek word telos, which means end or goal. And, you know, let's think, you know, we can think of words that, that start with telo, like telomere, which is like the, we always talk about them, like the little shoe, uh, caps at the end of our chromosomes, uh, telomerase, which is an enzyme, um, in chromosome telomeres that help preserve the length of the chromosomes during cell division. Um, so this is is sort of like the end, right? So the hair is not doing anything. And then we we move to the exogen phase. So finally the hair falls out, right? The, the strand is released from the follicle, and now the whole process will begin again. And When we think about our, our hair, you know, the hair on our head, for example, as a whole, each hair follicle is independent from each other, right? So they will go through the, this entire phase at different times. Otherwise, if everything was in sync, all of your hair would fall out all at once. And that would be very traumatic. We don't want that, right? Instead, typically what happens, of course, is we only shed a certain number of hairs a day, you know, and the average that we hear over and again, is like somewhere around 80 to 100 hairs hairs fall out every single day on a healthy head of hair. And just, you know, to, to, to summarize my little word etymology, uh, class, (laughs) exo, right. Or ex uh, again, from the word exo meaning out of or external means, you know, if you think of the word exit, um, exoskeleton, Uh, that's like that hard structure, um, for like, you know, those insects and, you know, cockroaches, like whenever you step on a cockroach, it's like crunch (laughs) That's because of the exoskeleton exfoliation, right? It's a, you know, the process of shedding cells or scales from the outer tissue surface of our skin. So that's the exo phase. Think about it as exit. So the hair is now exiting the follicle and it's falling out. So that's the that's the hair growth cycle. Now let's think about what we can do. So we've identified a couple of the different reasons why someone might lose hair. So this might be a woman who is, uh, in menopause. It might be someone who has excess androgens. It might be someone who has a low functioning thyroid. It, and even if you don't have any of those things, if you classify yourself as having stress or an, an, an extent, an extended, or a higher amount of stress, which in my books is every woman until proven otherwise, you can also be accelerate. You can be shortening the antigen phase and you can be increasing the amount of hairs that are in that telogen and exogen um, phase. So we want to be thinking about what we can do about that. So very obviously, the first thing that you all must be thinking is I probably should read Dr. Stephanie's book, The Betty Body. <laughs> Shameless plug for some natural ways, right, to get your estrogens and your testosterones in check. Uh, we talk, there's multiple chapters about estrogen balance, testosterones, progesterones, chronic stress. Um, and I have protocols in there for those. Um, but let's let's review a couple of them here. Okay. So we have talked a lot, you hear me talk a lot about nutrition. I'm really, really big on making sure that you are getting the appropriate amount of fats, a moderate amount of protein or depending on where you are in your journey with me, you're either doing a pure uh, state of ketosis where you're getting lots and lots of fat, moderate protein or you're cycling your keto. So you are going through weeks on and off where you're in keto and then the alternate and then the alternate weeks are higher protein. So we're already taking care of if you have any, you know, not enough fat in your diet or if you're if you have low protein in your diet. We are taking care of that from a nutritional standpoint. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima, that's D-R-I-N-K, com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A, and you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase and you should probably if you haven't you should probably pick up the book. I will put a link in the show notes if in the very small chance that you have not picked it up, you can take a you can have a look at it with the link from the show notes. Another thing that you can do of course is manage your stress. And I know, I know, stress is like the one thing everyone has it, right? I would invite you to think about, you know, sometimes when we think about getting rid of stress, we we go to the Opposite extreme, right? We feel overwhelmed and we feel, you know, battered and beaten down by everyday life. And then when we think about reducing stress, we think that we have to swing all the way to the other side of the continuum, right? We think that we have to be, you know, in a toga somewhere where there's no cars and all we can hear are the birds chirping and we've given up our job and, you know, it's the monk who sold his Ferrari, right? Story. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? It can just be, you know, how can I reduce my stress levels today, even if it was just 5%? So that's an interesting thought experiment, right? Like if you could complete that sentence stem, you know, I would be 5% less stressed today if I, you know, insert positive activity here, um, you know, meditate, hydrate, Masturbate, you know. Walked outside. That should be a T-shirt, you know. Exfoliate, you know. Like, I think we're gonna make a little T-shirt out of that. It should be meditate, hydrate, masturbate. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be the, the the theme song of better going forward, but. Uh, you know, think about some, what are some things that you could just increase your joy by 5%. Could you walk outside? Could you, you know, could you go out in the morning and listen to some birds? Could you, could you take a little break from your computer or your zoom calls? And can you go for a 15 minute or even like a 10 minute walk, you know, and listen to this podcast or something else as you're doing it? Can you get to bed, you know, 20 minutes early tonight, right? So I want you to just think about the little itty bitty sliding scale. Like if you had a little itty bitty thing that you could do, what would that little itty bitty thing be for your stress management? Because I promise you in aggregate, it makes a world of difference. And we often don't know how stressed out we are until we just calm the F down. Right? And so we're like, ah, oh. you know, like it's always like after, you know, in that post orgasmic glow, you're like, oh, why don't I do this more often? Right? So think about how you can, how you can in- improve your, your joy and your happiness. Um, another way that we can also help if you're not uh, willing to do the stress management route, or maybe in addition to is A supplement. So there's lots and lots of supplements that can really help with hair loss. And we'll go over some of them here. So one of my, well, there's many favorites, but I have a couple of foundational non-negotiables that I do believe that most women should be taking all the time, especially as it pertains to our hair. So one is vitamin D. Okay. So vitamin D, you know, we can talk all about D helping with overall immunity, that it's not really a vitamin. It's a hormone. It's involved in all these different processes. It's involved in our sex hormone production, all the things, but vitamin D is really great for your hair. And some foods that are really high in vitamin D are your smash fish. So it's your salmon, your mackerel, your anchovies, sardines, and herring and kind of by the same token, the omega-3 fatty acids that we find in those SMASH fish. So SMASH is an acronym, S-M-A-S-H, and S is salmon, M is mackerel, A anchovies, S sardines, H herring. And of course, when you are taking omega-3 fatty acids, we know that these are anti-inflammatory. They counteract that sympathetic stress response. So that's going to help with your overall stress load by being anti-inflammatory. A couple of other food sources that you may want to consider are chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts are really great as well. Really, really beautiful um, omega-3 profile in walnuts. Many, many nuts actually, but walnuts in particular. Another supplement to consider would be zinc. And I should say, um, let me actually go back to vitamin D and omega-3s for a moment. So vitamin D, a very minimum, I really like my Bettys to be taking a minimum of 4,000 international units of vitamin D three, that's cholecalciferol, calciferol. Um, because that is going to, especially if you are someone who lives in an environment where you have four seasons, a lot of times when you live in sunny places, places like Florida or California or Mexico or, you know, wherever, um, anywhere South, uh, and that's South of me, that could be, you know, if you're listening to this in Europe, that might be Southern Italy or Greece or, you know, Spain, Southern France. So when we're, when we're thinking about, sunny places, it's not quite as necessary to have 5,000 IUs a day or 4,000 to 5,000 I international units of vitamin D3 a day, but it is really important for those of us on the East Coast and on the West Coast that are not quite as far south. So I'm talking about my Vancouverites, I'm talking about my New Yorkers, I'm talking about my Torontonians. We all need to be making sure that through the year, we should be taking that amount for omega 3s, um, of course, depending on the EPA and DHA profile, you can really have quite a varying in terms of price, but generally, I like around 2 grams of omega 3s daily. right. So let's move back to zinc. So as it relates to hair, of course, um, zinc has been linked to combating the yeast uh, and some of the, you know, the process that causes dandruff um, and inflammation, you know, inflammation and hair loss that comes in the form of excess shedding or excess hair loss. So really, really great source of zinc is meat. So typically, um, you know, in a hundred gram or, you know, three and a half ounce serving of ground beef is going to contain four 0.8 milligrams of zinc. And that's, that's pretty great. Like that's, you know, 40, about 40% of the daily value. Uh, one of the best sources of zinc you're going to find is in oysters. Um, six medium oysters are going to provide around 32 milligrams of zinc, which is, um, which when we look at the RDI, like the recommended daily intake, that's like 200 plus percent of the DV of that, of that art of that RDI. So, um, I typically will, if I find that someone is low in zinc, or if you're trying to combat excess hair loss, I would start by taking a zinc supplement, uh, 30 milligrams to start. Um, and I would take that um, at least for a month or two. Um, and you sh- that should give you enough time to either see a difference in the amount of hair shedding that's happening. Iron. A lot of, and I see this again in my vegetarian women, in my vegan women, tend to run. Uh, slightly, like they, there's a tendency for them to be iron deficient, um, tend to run slightly anemic. Um, and then of course that can lead to um, hair loss. Also, if you are a woman who has a really heavy menstrual cycle, right? Where you're losing a lot of blood and we quantify what a lot of blood is in the body. Um, this can also lead to uh, more hair loss. So meat again, really, really great as a therapeutic intervention. So I always, especially, you know, with love for my, for my vegans and my vegetarians who are listening, you know, as in the same way that you might take a supplement as a therapeutic intervention or inter, you know, you might, um, do a ketogenic diet or something like that as an intervention, you can also integrate meat and organ meats in particular, um, as a therapeutic intervention for improving your iron if you are low. Now I still have, um, I am still traumatized from my childhood around being forced to eat liver and onions because that, when I was growing up, that was just the thing that I don't know what got into every parent, but like every child that I knew was like force fed liver and onions. So I still cannot have liver. I, uh, I take, um, the, a pill form of organ meats. Um, so I will take, Uh, beef heart, beef liver, I take collagen, uh, colostrum, uh, even I'll take as well um, to boost immune function there. So um, you can, if you are not someone who's really keen on organ meats, you can either sort of mash it up with um, like the muscle, you know, like the typical part of the meat that we're used to eating, or um, you can do as I do and take it in supplement form. Now, whether or not it's the same taking it in supplement form, you know, damn if I now right but I I couldn't tell you either way I'm assuming that what is in the pill um, is equivalent to the organ meat but we all know that it's it can never be the same so if you um, can uh, if you can tolerate actual organ meats I would highly um, highly recommend that and then of course the last supplement would be b 12 meats again usually pack in a punch with this vitamin um, so we want to be thinking about um, either taking a B12 supplement um, or, uh, again, therapeutic intervention of meat. Now those are kind of the supplements and the dietary interventions that you can be mindful of when you're thinking about luscious hair. Um, A couple of things that you can also look for or look at are essential oils. So this is something that I have learned from some of my, uh, my colleagues and I have started implementing it myself and I absolutely love it. My number one favorite essential oil, um, for, well, I have a couple of them, but like number one favorite of all time is rosemary. So this, um, has been shown to even outperform prescription medication, uh, in terms of hair growth, in terms of, uh, when you get that, itchy scalp, uh, rosemary can really help. And this is, you know, you can use this as a woman, but you can also share the love if you have a partner, you know, a male partner or someone that you happen to love who is male. Uh, you can help him by, um, you know, giving him some rosemary essential oil. Now, the way that I typically do this is I will put it neat on the scalp. Like I actually really, really love it. I usually put it on after my shower. You can put it on before um, as well, but I really love it as, um, you know, after my shampoo and my conditioner, I will take you know, call it eight to 10 drops of rosemary. And it's like all over my scalp. It goes and it just feels so beautiful and so tingly. Uh, peppermint is another one. Um, so peppermint and rosemary sort of have very similar effects in that, um, it will help to maintain that oil balance in your scalp to ward off like some of that dandruff. Um, and it'll also st- helps to stimulate hair growth in the same way that rosemary does. So, rosemary and peppermint. And then my last one that I really love um, is geranium. So, geranium smells kind of like rose, not exactly like it, um, but this is really great for. Uh, like soft, really shiny hair. So if you feel, and this is a lot of uh, my menopausal women will say like, I feel like my hair is really dull. Uh, geranium might be a beautiful essential oil to, um, to help not only with the dandruff, but it also helps to smooth and restore the shine um, to the hair. So I will actually, um, again, p- after my shower, I like to put rosemary. I will usually put rosemary, um, peppermint and geranium together And I kind of like just massage it into, um, into my scalp. So that's another thing that you can do. And then finally, uh, what I wanted to offer is a natural version of a couple of, uh, hair masks. So this is something that I like to do once a week, um, I love, love, you know, as you all know, I really love olive oil for a body moisturizer and it also translates into my hair masks. So I usually will use higher fat content things like mayonnaise or coconut uh, oil or egg yolks, um, or avocado. And that'll sort of be the base of my hair mask. And then I will uh, either add an egg to that. Um, so for example, I'll give you my, my little avocado recipe. It's like half of an avocado, one full egg. So the egg yolk and the white, and then uh, a tablespoon of olive oil and just kind of like whip it all. Like you could just put it in a bowl, whip it up with a fork and just make sure that the egg is kind of broken up and incorporated. And then I'll put that sort of middle of my hair all the way down to the ends of my hair. So making sure that my ends are completely soaked, but I don't usually put this on my scalp, because I don't find that my hair is dry at my scalp. My hair is quite long. So I find that sort of mid shaft to the ends, I will leave that on anywhere from like 30 minutes to, you know, I've forgotten it on. So I'll say like up to two hours, but like, if you're doing it and you're not forgetting that you have a hair mask on like 30 minutes to 60 minutes is more than sufficient. And then you can jump in a, um, you know, jump in a shower, rinse it off with shampoo and conditioner afterwards. So that's like a really great rehydrating, uh, if you want to really nourish your hair, soften your hair, like really high fat, if you want to add some shine to your hair. So this is for my menopausal ladies. Um, I would add, and I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but, uh, I will add, um, banana and honey. So again, one raw egg, so like the yolk and the egg white, um, you know, kind of a dollop. I don't know. It's not, it's not really like a measurement, but just like a big, gloss of of organic, organic honey, or just honey. Um, and, um, one ripe banana. Okay. So I will whiz that up in my Vitamix or like my blender and then like all those ingredients. And again, like root to tip, right? So this is like a shiny one. So it's like root to tip. Um, and then I leave it in again, 30 to 60 minutes and then follow it with like your usual shampoo and conditioner. So that's kind of, what I do for my hair, and you know, I hope that this has given you a couple of ideas in terms of how you can best take care of your hair. Whether you are dealing with, you know, hypothyroidism, you are dealing with menopause, even perimenopause, we see this in perimenopause as well. Excess androgens, which is very, very common, not only in my perimenopause women, but really all through our life. This is like the number one estrogen dominance or excess androgens is are sort of the one-two punch in terms of frequency, and. And these are just some natural tips to help you stay, uh, you know, to help you feel really great, to have luscious hair. And I hope that this has been useful for you in the show notes. You'll find, uh, links to the essential oils that I personally use. And of course we have discount codes for you in there and, um, uh, you know, so we have the essential oils and the supplements, um, that I've mentioned, will you'll see all of that in the show notes. So I hope that you found this useful and I would love to have any picture. If you've gotten to the end of this podcast, I'll give you a little secret Easter egg message in here. So if you want to try any of these things, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, essential oils in your shampoo or, you know, after your shower, or you're going to make one of the hair masks that we talked about, I would love for you to take a picture of yourself on Instagram, tag me. I'm at Dr. Stephanie Estima and, uh, just use, maybe use a hashtag like, you know, hair mask, you know, Betty night, something fun. Um, I would love to see how this podcast episode has impacted you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links.